Okay, people. <clears throat> you know who it is. It's me, Osiris. We're back for another episode. In another episode of Computer Stop. Computer Stop. Computer Stop. Hey, Google, stop. Now that's the AI getting involved. I don't know how I turned it on, but anyway, self improvement um, is what I'm going back to. I want to get these in every once in a while, and get them out of the way in a way. What I mean by that is um, I know how you guys dig that shit. Um, but I'm going to kind of give you my thought process on, on it um, in, in a little bit of a way. Uh, and why it's a very strange thing. Um, and I'll explain because there seems to be a paradox within the self within self-improvement itself, okay? And it is this. The ultimate goal of all self-improvement is to inherently reach the point where you no longer feel the need to improve yourself. See? Now, if you really think about that concept... The whole goal of improving, let's say, your productivity is to reach the point of slack or reach to the point where you never have to think about how to become more productive again. I mean, ultimately, that's the goal. The whole point of pursuing happiness is to reach a point where one no longer has to think about being happy, right? You want to be happy, then you don't want to think about being happy. You just want to be happy. Now, the whole point, let's say, in improving your relationships is so that you can enjoy a drama-free, let's say, blowjob or cunnilingus in the McDonald's drive through without crashing the car, <laughs> you know? I mean, isn't that what everybody wants? And don't crash the car or or even hit the curb while this is happening, um, or it won't ever happen again, I can tell you from first-hand experience. Um, so therefore, self-improvement, in a weird way, ultimately is self-defeating, okay? The only true way, or the only way to truly achieve one's potential to become fully fulfilled or to become self-actualized, whatever the fuck that means, you know, um, is to at some point stop trying to be all of these things. This is, this is my concept here. Now, to give an example first of myself, which I'm exceptions to a lot of the rules, so um, sometimes it doesn't apply to you, or sometimes it doesn't apply to me, depending. Um, and what comes to mind is uh, the similarities um, uh, that I have in common with Tyler Durden. Now, we all know Tyler Durden from the Fight Club. Okay. 
in Fight Club um, is that we understand that there's an implicit vanity of self-absorption that comes with the desire to prove, improve oneself. Statement. That's a statement. But don't go and, you know, uh, go all fight club and start punching each other in basements or anything, okay? Um, or blowing up bank buildings. You leave that to the professionals like us. Now, I do understand that there is an important role for self-improvement and the millions of pot because there's millions of podcasts and books and seminars and articles that you obsessively consume over. Um, there is hope for you. I'll tell you that. I promise you. And But as usual, a lot of it depends on the one question, and that one question is why. Why you care about self-improvement. And that right there is the big question. Why? It's like a two-year-old. Why? But it's very important. Most of the time you don't know. Or you say, so I can improve myself and make myself better to be the best I can be. Yeah. So let's all put our shirts back on here and take a look at actually how to approach self-improvement, okay? Now, we'll first start with um, the two main, well, today and I guess in the human existence, there's two main approaches to improving yourself, okay? Um, but most of you all follow somewhere in here. The, the two are, well, let's start with number one. And that is what I call the self-improvement junkie, okay? Self-improvement junkies feel like they need to jump on every new seminar that comes out by Robinson, read all the latest books, listen to all the podcasts, um, lift all the weights, hire all the life coaches. What a fucking joke. Open all the chakras and talk about all their childhood traumas both real and imaginary um all the time for the self-improvement junkie the purpose of self-improvement is not that improvement itself okay rather it's motivated by motivated by a subtle form of what you kids now call fomo or fear of missing out of something. And that's what I had when I didn't go out to the club. And if I had to stay in, I'd get very mad because I felt like I was missing something. The junkie has this constant gnawing feeling that there's still some magic tip or technique or silver bullet of information out there that um, will create the next big breakthrough. Again, both real or imaginary. And I'm telling you, there is not. Self-improvement for the junkies become a kind of glorified hobby. Kind of like what I'm doing with my truck now. Okay, got the truck to do it. Um, it's a way to spend all of their money. 
it's a way they do it's what they do with their vacation time it's where they meet all their friends and network people um, for most people this isn't necessarily that bad of a thing you could certainly spend your time and money on worse things um, I don't know like drugs or something like heroin how's that um, now that's one group or one uh, one group we'll say and the second one would be as Tyler Durden would say you're just a tourist okay so the self-improvement tourists other people only come to self-improvement or self-help when shit has really hit the fan when you know somebody dies or something like this um, they just get slapped in the face with a divorce or someone close to them died like I said and now they're depressed or they just remembered out of the blue that they uh, had $135,000 worth of debt um, somehow they forgot to pay it and, um, in the last 11 years whatever they just suddenly realize all this now for the self-help tourist self-help the actual self-help material is like going to the doctor okay you don't just show up to the hospital on a random Tuesday saying hey doc tell me what's wrong with me that would be rather insane if you ask me I don't go to the doctor but um, no you would only go to the hospital when something is already wrong And you're in a lot of serious pain, be it a, your tooth in a dentist. You don't go to the dentist beforehand. Some of you do preventative care. Great for you. Um, not, no, you only go to, for that serious pain. These people use self-help material to fix whatever is bothering them. To get them back onto their feet, get them back to stabilized. And then they're off into the world again for a little more pain okay now I would argue that self-help tourists are using self-improvement advice in a healthy manner and self-help junkies are often but not always using it in an unhealthy manner Remember the paradoxical point of all self-improvement is to reach a point where you no longer feel that you need to improve yourself. Therefore, the constant indulgence in self-help improvement material just continues to feed the feeling of inadequacy, which is the huge problem. The feelings of inadequacy, it's so strong, you won't believe in how many people have problems with that. They get their boobs done because they, they feel inadequate. They get their lips done. They get their asses done. They, what are the calves done? Whatever it is. 
They dye their hair. They cut their hair. They let their hair grow. Most of the time, people are going to self-help problems are going to self they turn to self-help because they feel like something is wrong with them or the way that they are they inadequate you know so the problem is that anything that tells you how to improve your life it also inherently going parallel is implying that there's something inherently wrong with you or the way you are. And, you know, people can end up spiraling out of control with that. They can end up in a vacuum. Well, they take the vacuum, the vacuum of productivity advice and start waking up at five in the morning and putting cow piss in their coffee or whatever almond milk or whatever and meditating 30 minutes a day and before breakfast and journaling with binaural beats in the background for uh, an hour or two they start visualizing their spirit animals um and then they wake up the kids for school, and oh fuck, what if they're waking up the kids wrong? And now they order 22 books on parenting tactics, start attending seminars, how to raise your kids, self-esteem, leading to another seminar, which is how to plan for your kid's financial future, and that leads to 10K that you're of super premium platinum mastermind extravaganza where you've gone into debt and remortgaged your house so you can learn how to become a millionaire in by the time you're 50. Do you see the downward spiral? Okay. Now, another one is that I talk about, and it's a good thing to see in a certain way, but when you have somebody that is taking on this new healing process of self-help, they're trying to improve themselves. And this is when it comes to um, Let's say they finally realize that what the issue is and they want to work on it, right? So they go and get a bunch of books and start reading again. And if you know this person, you can tell because they start to sound like a self-help book. Everything that they say, let's say they have people over and you can hear them talking. And they also start to talk in a condescending manner of like they know how to help you because they've read a few of these self-help books and it's helped them and they're in that stage of oh my gosh it's great it's helping me blah 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 and they want to share it but um they're sharing it in the way of which telling everybody it's right but it's so wrong in that way because you got to remember my problems are you know your problems are not my problems 
that's why it's do as I tell you, not as I do. You can't, I can tell you if you, if I'm doing a counseling session, we'll go and do this. And then they'll say, well, why you don't do that? Well, I don't have that problem. My problems are not your problems. Your problems aren't their problems. So it doesn't apply to everybody in the same exact way. So first of all, you don't sound like a self-help book thinking you're holier than thou because what helped you is not going to help them in the same way. It applies differently to them. It applies differently to you. It applies differently to every individual there is. So while it can be the same act, the individual, um, everything around it will be different then. So that's why I'm not a big fan of that whole self-help thing. Um, and, and you have to ask, well, where does this inherently end? And people, it doesn't end. It doesn't. At least not until you decided us. And then you become like one of us. Okay? So start with the first and the foremost thing. If, this, if you need proof, people, here. If self-help shit really worked... If what they put out, all this stuff, really worked, either you're just not trying or none of them would have jobs anymore. It wouldn't be a billion-dollar industry like it is. And think about that, why that is. Yeah, if it worked, they would work themselves out of a job if they tell you how to be, fix yourself totally 100%. Right? If they were good at their jobs and it worked, then they wouldn't have a job anymore because it would be done. Think about it. So, of course, we say, well, what's the solution? Or people go, well, man, well, Osiris, what do we do if you're so smart, smarty pants? Now, as I said, it is very individual, so I can't, I don't tell you what to do because I don't know individually what it is for you that you need to do. But I, too, will say this, to focus on the big picture. And there is no such thing as an optimum or 100% life, or we wouldn't exist because there'd be no point. Okay. Now, sure, there are habits and actions that are healthier than others. Sleep and exercise and that stuff you put on your face or that stuff you put into your face, or depending on how you eat, um, like food, um, are all good places to start. Okay, there's no quick fix. If you're looking for a quick fix, you're not really wanting to do it. You don't get your stomach tied in a knot um, to make yourself go on a diet, okay? Uh, you're just looking for a quicker way. You go on a diet, exercise, and diet. Actually do it. I mean, we're having the new year come around and all these stupid dietary fucking... Uh, New Year's resolution craps that you all do. Stupid. 
I mean, you don't know how many exercise bikes and things are out there that like everybody makes that promise to do and they get it and they do it for the first two weeks and then nothing. You know, it's fine, I suppose, to indulge in self-improvement material in a small way, as long as you understand the relationship that you have to it. And as long as you make sure it's a relationship where you're in control, not the other way around, so it doesn't become that addiction. Because to the point of the self-help junkie, they may get to experience the feeling of growth and transcendence and improvement and an expanded consciousness over and over again. But just because you feel like you moved forward, it doesn't mean that you actually have, okay? Or that you actually did it. Because the true, tr truly, 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 like the drink, a, a way to benefit from this self-improvement crap is to one day arrive at a place where you no longer need it, right? For an example, and um, let us say that it is self-improvement is... You have your arm, it breaks, okay? You know you need it fixed. You go to the doctor. You get a cast put on it or a bandage to a deep cut or whatever. You put it on. You let it heal. Then you take it off and you move on with your life. That's the way you should think about it. A temporary fix or a temporary problem fixed by something um, and you move on. It doesn't mean it's not going to come back. It just means you deal with it when it happens. You can take preventative ma maintenance if you know yourself. I'm all about that. Don't get me wrong. You can't say that... Uh, Oh, well, you're not a, you just want to say to do it when it comes. No, you can do preventative maintenance on yourself if you know yourself, which most of the time you don't. So therefore, your preventative maintenance is not going to be as it should be. Yes, you know not to run in front of a car, you might get hit. That's preventative maintenance in a way. Okay, you know not to jump out of a tree that's 20 feet high preventative maintenance or common sense I mean it should be the same thing but so when it comes down to that ultimately I told you I was going to make this one short one because there's not much to say about it it's rather cut and dry but very clear don't make self-improvement a obsession make it a priority maybe okay look at what it is that 
needs improvement, I suppose. If you look at yourself and go, hmm, what do most people say? I wish I could be skinnier. I wish I could be prettier. I wish I could be more like Chuck Norris. I don't know. Um, most of the time, if you take an honest evaluation of what it is that you want to change or you're not happy with, look at why and don't just look at surface why. Meaning, yes, because let's say you want to be healthier. Why do you want to be healthier? So you live longer, right? I mean, that's the whole point of well, what makes you think you're so important to live any longer? No, I'm kidding. Um, but, the, you know, if you have children and you want to, whatever. I don't know. Everybody has these different ideas about why they want to be healthy. Why do runners run? Because they like the runner's high. They're just junkies. Um, they, they're not healthier. I tell you, the guy that was running that I lived with was hurt more than I am. And I know we'll never run in my life again if I don't have to. Now, eating habits, yes, you can be healthier by eating different stuff. But is it any fun? Hell no. Why do you want to get healthier again? Uh, I don't know, because everybody says that I want to be, have a clear mind and all this. Okay. Why don't you take some fish oil? Do your exercise. Look at yourself. Figure out what you really need to change. Because most of the time, it's not what really needs to be fixed. People fix the, try to fix the wrong surface stuff. If you have something that you want to fix, it should be your core issues. And we've discussed a little bit, of that's what I deal with specifically is core issues. And people try to work on surface stuff. Just like the, most of the psychologists, psychiatrists of today, they work with or try to fix only the stuff that grows off of the core issue. Okay? And that's why it seems to work for a while, and then it comes back after you stop going because they only dealt with something that came off of the core, that was grown from what the core issue is. If you were doing an honest evaluation and you got down to what your core issues are, you made that list and then you work on those, which are going to be the hardest things in the world to work on because those are those deep ones that are really hard to talk about and even harder to fix all those years of whatever um, you've been covering them up with. So... If you're all about helping yourself, then start from the beginning. And the beginning is these core issues of what it is. And if you say you have self-esteem problems and you want to change that, then look at why you have self-esteem problems. Now, when we look back farther and farther, yes, our parents fucked us up first. And that's the way it happens. Your parents fuck you up first. Okay, they lie to you about Santa Claus and all this, whatever. But they're the ones that fuck you up first. It's not you. Um, you didn't know any better. It's blah, blah, blah. But then you have to look at the traumatic experiences that happen. Again, not your fault usually. Traumatic experiences that you know happened in the childhood. Um, these are things that we have to recognize 
know and work with that because that inherently is where it stems from most of the time. Most of the time, core issues are spawned from what happened in early childhood. It could happen later, yeah, but usually it's somewhere in the adolescence or early childhood. These traumatic experiences start to make um, the things that we do to counteract whatever happened is usually an incorrect way of handling things. Not saying that it's bad, it's just you don't know any better and you do what you can or you leave it unsettled and you move forward like it never happened, but it did happen and you have to face it and you have to look at it. You have to realize it's not your fault and, and you, you figure out how to fix it. Um, if you do that, you'll find that these surface uh, things that you need, these help help things won't even be needed because they will automatically be fixed because you fix the core issue. They'll just dwindle away they they become negated because um, they don't have anything to attach to so my that that's my whole thing about self-help if you really want to help yourself then help yourself by helping and facing and realizing and dealing with core issues Look at correlations, if you don't know what I mean. Correlations of what you're trying to fix. Let's say you're, as an example, I'll give this. Um, a guy wants to look better, and so he wants to have calf implants because he wants to look in his words, better. Okay, his calf implants, if they don't match his body structure, then he's going to look like a beanpole with these huge calves. He's going to look retarded. Okay, they will look augmented as they are. And this is all for this weird thing of trying to help him look better. Well, this is what we need to find out why does that person feel inadequate about himself or herself be it boobs or calves or whatever why do they feel inadequate that they have to have something like this um, to fit in or to feel like they're adequate now in front of their peers and that's the real you got to follow that back down to where that started and when did you start feeling so inadequate was it in high school when you were in drama and were the geek or was it uh, back when you were little um, when your mother or father abused you and told you that you are just a worthless piece of shit and you thought as I did my name was motherfucker for a long time hey motherfucker get over here well, I thought that was my name. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this is the kind of thing we have to truly give an honest look at and then work from there. Um, now I have a whole series on uh, this I will be doing, but not. that's not for the weak-hearted because that's really in-your-face stuff. So that's where I'm going to leave it for today. Um, 
and this is Osiris, and um, don't forget, don't hit them curbs, or, you know, and uh, think twice about what it is that you're trying to fix yourself for, and what it is, give that honest evaluation about it, and realize that it, you're not, if you become perfect, you could become no point in living so in a way. Yes, it's great to always strive to be better. It causes competition, causes great things, and it makes everybody improve themselves better. But it's... Be careful with it. Um, don't make it an addiction. Make it a means to an end in a way. And until next time, I am Osiris, and... It's techno time.